On the day I learned, Hurricane Irma changed its course and was expected to make a direct hit on Naples, Florida, and it was too late to evacuate. I got scared. And you are listening to episode number 106 of Mike Murphy Unplugged. Learn, create, move forward. I am your host, Mike Murphy. I'm a one-man band. I'm a technology junkie. I love helping people figure things out, and I am really excited to be here with you today. The goal of Mike Murphy Unplugged is to help you learn what you need to know in order to create online content so you can move forward in business and in life. So welcome to this special and abbreviated episode number 106. Today is the story of Hurricane Irma. And it's also an official shout out and thank you to all those sending well wishes, thoughtful notes, and good vibes our way. They all helped. Today's episode is going to be short as most of Naples is still without power. There's only one place that I know of that has Wi-Fi, but I wanted to give a quick recap of the experience of riding out Hurricane Irma as I know it can be quite different from the social media version and what you see on all of the major news channels. Hurricane Irma. As most Atlantic hurricanes do, Hurricane Irma originated in Africa and was the most intense hurricanes to hit the U.S. since Katrina in 2005 and the first major hurricane to hit Florida since Wilma in 2005. Irma maintained the highest Category 5 rating with wind speeds topping 185 miles per hour. When it hit the Keys, it had dropped to a Category 4, and by the time it took mainland Florida, it was at a Category 3, but with winds up around 145 miles per hour, that is quite destructive. Hurricanes build their strength over warm water, and Irma got plenty of that. Irma also managed to skirt enough of the mountainous islands of Puerto Rico or Cuba that often break up hurricanes before they hit the mainland. Irma barreled through the islands like a buzzsaw and had its sights on the Keys, Marco Island, and was determined to make a direct hit on my beautiful beach town of Naples, which the locals joke usually gets spared because God has a condo here. But not this go-around. Irma did not get that memo. Okay, pre-storm. A couple of things, especially for those who are not familiar with hurricanes. Now, I'm not originally from Naples, but I've lived here for about nine years. Hurricane season is from June 1st to November 1st every year. So for six months out of the year, we get warnings that a storm is building off the coast of Africa, and they get named each season in alphabetical order starting with A. So Irma was the ninth hurricane of the season that had potential to make it our way. Some get more attention than others, and Irma was one of those, but most residents do not panic when a hurricane warning is issued. They usually monitor the situation. If it gets more serious, they begin the preparation process. The thing about hurricanes that many people do not understand is that they do not sneak up on us, and there is plenty of time to prepare for them, but what most people do not realize is that simply evacuating or driving north is not always the best answer because nobody really knows where it's going to hit until the hurricane center confirms its path two or three days beforehand. By then, it may be too late to leave because flights sell out, roads get jammed, and as in the case of Irma, gas runs out or is low. And that is just to name a few of the obstacles in trying to leave remote areas such as southern Florida. Remember, Hurricane Irma was the size of Texas and covered both coasts of Florida. Not a lot of options in picking a safe place to drive to with an unknown quantity of gas in the state. The reason I tell you this is so many people on Facebook and social media made judgments that people were dumb for staying or didn't they learn anything from Houston or Katrina? Evacuating has so many variables to consider and it's not an option for many and it's not always the best decision. Leaving town takes a lot of time away from work and family and costs a lot of money to travel and stay in hotels or fly. 
There are often pets and kids, and it's not always the best decision, as you may end up in a worse situation than what you could have prepared for. Homes in the tropics and subtropics, which is what Naples is, are built for hurricanes, and newer homes are nearly indestructible from wind forces. I found it really difficult looking at all the memes and the jokes and the comments on social medias, for until you find yourself in having to make life or death decisions for yourself and everyone that you care about, it is much easier said than done. And trust me, the residents of Naples and most of Florida were taking Irma very seriously. They were frightened. They were very concerned for their loved ones in their community, but they had to make the best decision possible. And most did. What you see on the news or what you read in the comments on social media do not always paint the real picture. Okay, when it got scary. So there are two models that predict the path of a hurricane. There's the U.S. model and the European model. Europe, they say, is historically more accurate. The U.S. model had Irma making a destructive blow on Miami, which we were all banking on. And Europe had Irma headed to the southwest tip of Florida, a.k.a. Naples. Unfortunately, Europe won this Ryder Cup. As soon as we learned that Irma was predicted to make a direct hit on Naples as a potentially catastrophic Category 5 hurricane, I got really scared. Knowing that you have two plus days to sit and wait for something so powerful and unpredictable to possibly devastate your home and town and possibly claim lives, that is not a good feeling. I could not sleep on that first night. I realized that we had no options to leave and the only thing we could do was to be prepared for the worst. Now my cottage is only two blocks from the water. There's no hurricane windows or shutters, so I had no plans on staying put. I packed my computer stuff, all of my good audio and camera gear, some clothes, and I closed up my cottage expecting to lose everything, to possibly win, but most likely water damage. If things had gone predicted with the surge, my cottage would have been underwater, no doubt. Preparing for hurricanes can be just like anything, in business or in life. You have to remain calm, level-headed, and use common sense. You also have to be prepared to change course if you learn of some new information or the plans change. We had to watch and listen to news and social media just like you and try to filter out the over-sensationalism and make very real decisions. On the night of Irma, as the weather was starting to turn, we were bracing ourselves for the start of a very long and scary day. We were informed that our house was now in danger of flooding. It was in the evacuation zone from the surge and we had to go. We were fortunate to have another option further away from the water and we packed up and left in the middle of the night as the rains and the winds started picking up. It was eerie and ominous out, but we made it to our final safe zone just after 1 a.m. in the morning and tried to fall asleep, knowing that in less than five hours we were in for the wrath of Hurricane Irma with confirmation that the eye of the storm was going to go right over our heads in the afternoon. Try getting a good night's sleep knowing that. I woke up in a stranger's house with 20 people, a dog, a couple of cats, and I immediately knew that we were in good hands, and the house was a new construction, so it was built to withstand hurricanes, and the hurricane glass and shutters gave it the extra added bit of safety. We could not see outside because of the shutters, so we were really in a bunker atmosphere, but there was this two-foot crack we all took turns lying on the floor so we could witness Irma wreaking havoc on Naples. Think of a white-out blizzard. That's what it looked like. The 100 plus mile power winds and power were unbelievable to witness. The winds were impressive, but it was the surge that had everybody in that house worried because most of our homes were close to the water. But inside the house, there was family and friends and kids and pets and people who knew that as long as we and everyone we knew and loved were safe, nothing else mattered. 
So despite the fact that the most devastating and wicked storm that I ever want to see was howling and causing destruction outside, the mood inside was high, and we made the most of it, eating good food, drinking plenty of adult beverages, playing cards, and the kids were protecting their iDevice batteries like gold. The owners of the house took in strangers out of sheer kindness and generosity, made sure we were all safe, and for that, I will always be thankful. And it's things like this that they do not report on the news or on social media. We get busy with work and life, and sometimes it takes a serious situation to force you to take a step back and realize what is most important in life. Irma did that to me, and probably everyone who went through it. One of the greatest things when tragedy strikes, such as 9-11 or Katrina or Houston, is seeing the power of community and people helping each other. In Naples, people were helping their neighbors put up shutters and plywood over the windows. After the storm, a local favorite restaurant was giving away free hamburgers and hot dogs all day to anyone who stopped by. I showed up to a house on the night of the hurricane at 1 a.m. to a complete stranger's house who could not have been more accommodating and helpful. Pretty awesome, really. Okay, post-storm. I'm down to 10% of my laptop and about the same on my iPhone, so I'm going to wrap up today's podcast. But just a couple of things about post-Irma. Fortunately, the storm surge did not happen in the worst case scenario because Irma hit us before high tide. So we really dodged a big bullet. Even though there was a lot of destruction in town, we dodged the biggest bullet, which was the surge. There are really large down trees everywhere. The town looked like a war zone of vegetation and debris, but somehow a lot of homes and buildings received minimal structural damage. My old cottage was remarkably untouched, which I find incredible, but it is 75 plus years old and it has seen its share of hurricanes, so respect. I'm pretty sure that I would have been terrified if I wrote it out inside of this cottage, but I am proud of the pod shed. It is tough. 90% of Collier County, which is huge, and where Naples is, is without power and potable water for days, maybe longer, and can be more than an inconvenience for many. And remember, this is Florida, where temperatures stay around 90 degrees with high humidity. So unless you have a generator, no power means no AC or fans, which can be dangerous for babies, pets, elderly, and more. I'm not worried about myself, but I do think about those who have it worse. For me... I haven't been able to create content. I haven't been able to conduct business. I have not replied to people. They don't know or necessarily care about my emergency situation. I may not upload this podcast and all of these things do bother me because I am reliable and consistent. But at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is that people you call friends, family, community are healthy and safe. Irma reminded myself and many others of this. Things do not matter. People matter. And pets too. Hurricane Irma. It was not easy. It was frightening and something I am not looking forward to anytime soon. It caused people to get stressed and emotional and relationships and friendships were tested. A lot of tough decisions had to be made. But at the end of the day, the only thing that mattered to me was the people that I cared about was around to tell their own story. I will never forget you, Irma, but you are not welcome back anytime soon. I thank you for joining me today. I hope you join my one-man band, and together we can learn, create, and move forward. Cheers. Cheers.